there and it would grow and we would just be able to flourish out of what you teach us in this message today. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. Well, inside your little coasters, there is a verse and it's the verse that we've chosen to focus our attention on this morning. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you what it is so you don't have to open those up. It's in Isaiah 61.3 and I'm reading from the uh, CSB version. It says, and they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify Him. You've got it in your notes there as well. And in other translations, it uses the phrase oaks of righteousness or trees of righteousness. And the Amplified takes it another step further. The Amplified says, so they will be called trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity, justice and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that He may be glorified. Well, that sounds like a pretty amazing commission, right? To be trees of righteousness, to be oaks of righteousness. That sounds like a pretty cool thing to be, like uh, to be magnificent and to be distinguished, like trees are strong and they're constant, like trees have got this incredibly majestic thing about them when you see a big, tall, strong tree, right? Like, I kind of feel like that would be a cool thing to be is an oak of righteousness. Like, I think that sounds pretty fantastic, don't you? But I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes my expectation outweighs my reality, right? Like, sometimes I wanna be an oak of righteousness, but I don't feel like an oak of righteousness. Do you get what I mean? Like, I don't know if you had the same experience, but when I became a parent, I learned what tired was, right? Like you think you can be tired and then you have children and you go, okay, I didn't actually know what tired was. Like I can remember one time when I had Judah and I just, like he was still a baby and I remember I was the kind of tired I didn't know existed kind of tired, like the kind of tired where you sit there in your day trying to conjure up ways you could possibly steal more sleep from the, from the hours that you're already given, right? Like you're dreaming of your pillow throughout the day, kind of tired. I was that kind, I was like absolutely exhausted, tired, and I was cooking dinner, which is probably dangerous because I'm not that good at it on a good day, but on a bad day, I'm even worse. So I... I was there cooking spaghetti bolognese and I can remember so clearly like it was yesterday, picking up the dish brush and stirring thoroughly my mints with the dish brush. Yeah, I know. And I can remember this standing over the stove with my dish brush covered in mints in my hand going, what has happened to me? Like I used to have it all together. I used to be in control of my life. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know what? I, I wanna be like a tree, but I, I just don't feel like it. I can't even like put two and two together some days. Like some days I feel like I can conquer the world and other days I forget my own name or I'm stirring my mints with a dishbrush. So, some weeks I start the week and I feel like super mum, you know? I'm like, yes, I'm nailing this. And then by the end of the week, I'm ready to sell off for any price. You can have my children. I'm, I'm just joking. I wouldn't sell them, not for any price anyway. I'm just joking, I wouldn't sell them. I wanna be a tree. I wanna be a tree, but if I'm real honest, sometimes I feel more like one of these guys. Sometimes I feel like a bowl of dirt, you know? Like you know that there's potential somewhere, but oh, sometimes I just feel like you're, I'm in a deep, 
damp, dark, cold place, you know? Like those seasons that you go through, you're like knee deep in whatever it is you're facing, whether it's nappies or paperwork, you're just up to your eyeballs and you cannot see a way out. It's lonely in that place. It's dark in that place. And sometimes you feel like you can't scramble your way out of it. Sometimes I wanna be a tree. I wanna be an oak of righteousness, but sometimes I just don't feel like it. Sometimes I feel like a sprout, you know? Like there's hope, like I can see the bright future, but I have no clue what I'm doing. How many of you feel like that in your job, in your parenting, in your marriage? Like just absolutely no cue. I look around at everybody else and I think, man, they've got it all together. They must know what they're doing. But absolutely no clue. I'm just a little sprout, sprouting up here, trying to make my way in life without looking like a fool. I wanna be a tree, but sometimes I just feel like a sprout. Or, or maybe you feel like a shrub. This was the shrubbiest thing I could find that was around the place. It's not very shrubby, is it? But anyway, sometimes, you know, like, you just feel small and kind of insignificant. Like, who, how could you do something in comparison to somebody else? Like, they, yeah, them. They know, they've got it all together. Like, they could make a difference. But I'm just a shrub. Like, someone could stand on me. I feel about this big sometimes in the grand scheme of things. Or maybe you feel even more like this guy. <laughs> like, there once was life in me. But I just feel so tired, so worn out from what life has thrown that I don't know if I could grow again, you know? I want to be an oak of righteousness, but sometimes I just don't feel like it. You know, I studied that passage and they will be called trees of righteousness and they will be called trees of righteousness and they will be called trees of righteousness and they. So I had to ask myself the question, who's they, you know? Who is they that they're talking about? So I went back to the beginning, Isaiah 61, verse one. The spirit of the God, Lord God is on me because he has, the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to pro proclaim liberty to the captives, to fr freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give the crown of beauty instead of ashes festive, oil instead of mourning and splendid clothes instead of despair and they will be called trees of righteousness. Wait a minute. This call to be a tree of righteousness, this passage is telling me that it isn't for those who have it all together. Wait a minute. This call to be a tree of righteousness isn't for those who have a picture perfect life. It's a call for those who don't. It's a call for those who are poor and feel like they're in captivity. It's a call for those who are in despair in that place of mourning. It's a call for those who are going through stuff to be trees of righteousness and they will be trees of righteousness. Those who are going through situations out of their control, those who feel like giving up, those who, who don't see a way out, those who are walking through a dark season and they will be called trees of righteousness. Can I tell you today, whatever it is you're walking through, the journey that you are going through, the seasons where you feel less than able, less than eligible and less than adequate, those are the seasons and the circumstances that God is using to instill and establish root systems and strength that will not be trampled and crumbled in difficult seasons, but will cause you to dig deep and stand 
tall. Are you with me this morning? The thing about a tree is that the more challenging the season above ground, the deeper the roots go below ground. And as a result, as a result, the greater the fruit and the stronger the root system in order that they may flourish despite what they are going through. God is the one who is planting. And while we may not feel like a tree of righteousness, He is making you into one. Amen? Come on, and there's a reason. There's a reason why we journey through what we journey through in order to become what God wants us to become. And it's not for us. A tree doesn't bear fruit for itself, you know. A tree bears fruit and grows shade for others. And I'm gonna ask Danielle to come now. She's gonna speak into that for us. Thanks, Danielle. Awesome. So for those of you who don't know me, I started coming to this church when I was nine years old. Um, and I started coming to the whole Power Zone holiday program that was happening at the time. And my parents worked every holiday. So me and my brother went from like holiday program to holiday program. And we hated all of them. They were all awful. And I hated all of them until I started coming to Elam and until I started coming to Power Zone. And I felt like I was at home. I remember walking through the doors and just feeling like I was at home and like I was comfortable and like I was wanted and accepted. And it wasn't the building that made me feel like that. It wasn't the program as much as I loved it. It was the people. And it was the people there that made me feel like I, I was at home. Some of you guys will know there's a lady in our church called Shemaine Gibson, and I met her at holiday program. And I, like from the moment I saw her, I just fell in love with her. I thought she was the coolest person on the planet. I wanted to be like she was, whatever team she was in, I would join. Wherever she went, I went. Whatever um, elective she was running, I would sign up for just so that I could hang out with her. And the thing is, is I wanted a relationship with Christ because she made it seem like it was a life that was made so much more colorful. I wanted to be a part of this church because she made it seem like it was the greatest thing that I could ever be a part of. I am here today because a 16-year-old saw something in a nine-year-old. I am, <laughs> I am where I am today because a bigger tree chose to help out a smaller tree and let it grow in its shade. I am here today because I planted myself alongside a stronger, bigger tree. In Isaiah 61, it says, He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives and freedom to prisoners. He sent me, He sent you, He sent all of us to not look up to the bigger trees and want to be like them and take on what they have, but He called all of us to step into becoming those bigger trees for the smaller ones that are still growing and trying to find their place. We're called to proclaim release from those that are held captive. As individuals, we've all experienced some battle or another. We've fought a battle and we've overcome it, or we are fighting one and we're busy overcoming it. The way in which you've overcome those battles, the stories that you have of how you got through it, those are actually really significant and they matter. And those can impact someone so much more than you even realize. Whether you know it or not, the people around you are fighting battles. The people around you are going silently fighting things that you've already experienced and you've already gone through. It was the same for me. The stuff that I went through, I was able to get through because Shemaine took time out of her day to come and get to know me and share her story and help me through it. All it takes is putting aside a moment and being like, hey, can I tell you a little, bit, a little bit about what I've been through? And sometimes you don't always see it initially, but those are the moments that can completely change someone's world. 
Everyone needs to be surrounded by good community, and we need to be that good community. And the scripture goes on to say, it says, to, gr- to comfort those who mourn, to grant those who mourn the following, to give them a turban instead of dust on their heads, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of expressive praise instead of a disheartened spirit. You wouldn't be here today if it weren't for someone that went out of their way to make you feel special. You wouldn't be where you are today doing what you do if someone hadn't gone out of their way to invest in you and make you feel like you matter and that you could go on and do some great things. You need to do the same for other people. You need to step into the role of that big tree. Look at the little ones that are there that need the help. You need to show them. You need to walk through those battles with them, show them how to do it. You need to teach them how in the hardest moments, those darker seasons when it feels like that's all that's happening, that it's not actually those seasons and that those moments that define who you are. It's how you react and how you walk through the things that are thrown at you in those seasons that do. You need to show them that a life with God is not actually one with restrictions. It's one with overflowing joy, one that they should have for themselves. When you do, when you take time to sit and invest in them, it's actually gonna impact them so much more than you realize. That might not seem so initially, but they're gonna be taking things away from that and being like, actually, that means that I can do the same. The scripture says that when we do, they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity, justice, and right standing with God. When we take the time to invest in those who really need it, we provide a space for them to step into that tree of righteousness that we saw in them all along that they couldn't see initially. We teach them how to grow in the shade of other trees and learn from them instead of comparing yourself to them. It's so easy to fall into the trap of looking at all the bigger, stronger trees around you and being like, oh, well, I can't do that. Like, I'm nothing like them. So easy to look at people and be like, well, their call is so much greater than mine. There's no way that I can do that. They're graced for so much more. And you start to doubt what you've been graced for, but we've all been graced for something different. We've all been called to something different. We're not called to be the same as the big, strong tree next to us. All it takes is instead of looking at those bigger, stronger trees, it takes us teaching the younger ones to become their own and to learn from how we got to where we are. We're called into, <laughs> we're called to grow under the shade and the influence of those bigger trees. We're sent, He sent me, and He sent you to do that for other people. He called us to step out of our comfort zone, put aside ourselves, and step into that role of the bigger tree, the confident one, and help someone else who really needs it. That's what Shemaine did for me, and that's what all of us can do for someone. You don't realize it, but people are looking for someone to step out and invest in them, and you could be that person. We're all called to provide shade for those smaller trees, because when we do, that's how they learn exactly who they are and what they're called for. So I'll pass on to Darcy to elaborate. Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. You know, when I was reading this scripture, the words that really stood out to me were the words, he has sent me. He has sent me to proclaim, he has sent me. You see, sometimes God will actually send you out from your place of origin. He'll send you out from your place of birth and maybe he actually pointed out two little islands at the bottom of the world and told you this is New Zealand. Now go, raise your hand for me if you weren't born in this country. Yeah, look around you. Now, have you ever felt like this? Or maybe it's not one of these, but actually you felt uprooted. 
Like you were pulled out of your comfort zone, pulled away from family and friends, and you experienced that pain of being pulled out and relocated to a new city or country. Have you ever felt like this? Raise your hand for me. Yeah, come on. What about this? Have you ever experienced the pain of trying to dig your roots into new soil? Soil and culture that is unfamiliar, surrounded by communities that are pre-established, and you know that the only way that you might ever feel settled again is to force your roots down. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, me too. I am an immigrant woman, born in the farmlands of Muskogee, Oklahoma, and then educated in the city streets of Boston, Massachusetts, and when I was traveling on the beautiful shores of New Zealand, I met a boy. Hey. But more importantly, more importantly, I met my creator. In fact, when I walked into Elam over six years ago, I met God and God had already predestined this meeting between an American girl and a Kiwi boy. And when we first started dating, but despite my beloved American roots, y'all know how much I love America, but despite that, God kept highlighting the book of Ruth to me. And when we first started dating, I probably read Ruth 20 times over because God was saying, you don't get it yet. Read it again, read it again. You see, in the book of Ruth, shortly into it, you meet a woman named Naomi, and she married a guy named Elimelech, and they had two sons. And their little family relocated to the land of Moab, and their two sons ended up marrying two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. And it doesn't tell us how, but all of a sudden, Naomi found herself in a pretty bad situation where not only did she lose her husband, but years later, she also lost her two sons. So there she was, a foreign widow with two daughters-in-law, and she figured the best thing that she could do is actually go back to her homeland and try to find her family to reestablish herself there in her homeland. And she wanted to release the girls from having to go with her. And so she said something like this to them. Look, you, you can't wait for me to have more sons for you to marry. First of all, ew. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that there. She was like, girls, just, just go home. You don't owe me any allegiance. And so Orpah took that note and she gapped it. She was like, all right, bye. And Ruth, Ruth was different. And it was what Ruth said to Naomi in verse 16 and 17 that really wrecked me. She said, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. And I felt like God was saying to me in this moment, Darcy, will you be this loyal to Frosty? If he stays in New Zealand, will you stay? Can his people become your people? Can your loyalty to me and to him be greater than your loyalty to the comfort of family and country? And y'all, this was not an easy decision because I love my family and I love America. And in all honesty, I was kind of hoping that America was still in the cards for us. But, but God was asking me, hey, despite all of that, can your loyalty to him and to the call I've placed on your life be greater than your desire for the comfort of home? You see, Ruth, she also met a boy. And in chapter two, she meets a man named Boaz, who is a relative of Naomi's late husband. And Ruth thought that she could just go gather some leftover grain in his fields and travel behind his worker, workers. And Boaz noticed this foreign woman. And he made sure that his workers looked out for her and that they respected her and treated her kindly. 
And we read in chapter two, in verse 11, Boaz says this to Ruth. I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland, and you came to live with a people that you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Boaz and Ruth, they got married. And they had a son named Obed who became the father of Jesse, who became the father of David. And we know that Jesus himself came from the line of David, which means that Ruth was a tree of righteousness planted by God himself so that the glory of his son could come many generations later. So maybe you've been uprooted and you've been relocated to a foreign land and you found yourself surrounded by new people and new customs and new culture and maybe the process of digging your roots down deep isn't as easy as it is for the native trees and maybe you haven't had the shelter of somebody else to grow under. You haven't had that opportunity to grow under the wisdom and the guidance of somebody else. That doesn't mean that you won't flourish. It doesn't mean that you won't grow Despite having your feet on new soil and digging your roots into new soil, it doesn't mean you won't develop into a tree of righteousness. In fact, maybe it's just the opposite. Maybe God planted you here himself for his glory. Maybe he planted you here in new soil so that actually in that process, you could discover the strength and the magnificence within you. And in that process, that process of life transition throughout that big move, you could be admired for your integrity throughout that transition. And just maybe, just maybe he planted you here so that once you were firmly planted, you could provide shade to the other immigrants that are gonna come after you and help them find justice and right standing with God. But I get it, uprooting, yeah, it hurts. It's not easy to make a big transition like that, to be pulled away from family and friends. It not only affects you, but it affects your loved ones. And then once you're in a new culture and a new environment, you have to adapt to that new environment in the same way that if a tree were replanted, it would have to adapt to a new climate. Now, do we as the foreign trees have it as easy as trees that have been planted here from the very beginning? Of course not. But the thing is, God is trusting us, the immigrants, to glorify him in our resilience. And Ruth, she did exactly that. She was planted by God himself in a foreign land. And she was able to glorify him and trust in his plans over her own. And that meant that she went down in history. And she has inspired generation after generation, men and women alike. She was a foreign widow, a woman that was uprooted from her homeland, a woman that had to dig her roots down deep into new soil and humble herself among new people. She was a foreign woman planted in new soil. But in that process, she discovered her true strength and her magnificence. And God... He's planted you here. Even though you might not know the reason yet, he's planted you here in New Zealand and you get to choose how you respond in this process, how you glorify him, how you honor him and how you grow into a beautiful tree of righteousness. And despite your insecurity, you are absolutely graced for this. You are graced for this no matter what season you're in, whether you feel barren or fruitful, whether you are currently under the shade of somebody else or you are the one providing shade to others, whether you were in this soil from the very beginning or you've been uprooted and relocated, 
God has graced you for this. And God has planted you here to be a tree of righteousness. I wanna pray for y'all, but specifically, I really wanna pray for the ladies. Because men, I hope that you've been able to connect with this message in some way. But today is about the ladies. And so I was wondering, if you are a woman, would you please stand to your feet? Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter where you're from. I just want all the ladies to stand to their feet. Because here's the beautiful thing, is that despite what you're going through and the insecurity and the doubt you might be facing, you are not a tree alone on a hill, abandoned. You're actually surrounded by a beautiful forest. And this is a forest of righteousness, a forest of ladies that are here for you. And I bet you that what you're feeling now, somebody else in this room has already been through that. Somebody else in this room can relate. You're not alone in those feelings. You've got a forest around you, a forest that will be there for you in those times of need. So ladies, let me pray for you. God, I just thank you so much that today we get to celebrate all of the ladies and specifically all of the mothers. And God, right now, we ask that you would show them their strength and their magnificence. Give them the courage to walk through this season of their life with integrity and dignity. God, give them the courage and the boldness to constantly seek your heart and to seek you and to step out and provide shade for other people. God, I pray that no matter where we've come from, we will always remember whose we are and who it is that is planting us. So God, would you honor them today? Would you bless them? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Could everyone else please stand to your feet? I wanna pray for one last group of people. If you could do me a favor, I'd love for you to close your eyes and bow your head. Because even though you're in a crowd of people, this is an individual question. And yes, this question is for you. This question could absolutely radically change the direction of your life. Maybe nobody's ever asked you before, but I'm about to. And how you respond will determine the direction of your life. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as the Lord and the savior of your life? Have you ever surrendered at all and said, look, I don't have it figured out, but I wanna know the one who does. Do you know him? Maybe you knew him once, but you walked away and now you're coming back and you're saying, God, this time it's gonna be different. This time I'm committed. This time I'm laying it all down. I'm not holding anything back. If that's you, if you wanna know Jesus and start your journey with him today or start it again after a long time, would you just show me your hand? Nobody else is looking around. This is an individual question. Awesome, I see that hand at the back. I see that other hand, a hand right here, another hand, another hand right here. Awesome, God loves you, God honors you. I see that hand in the middle. Is there any other hand here? Anybody else here that's saying, yeah, I wanna know him. I wanna know the one who is planting me, the one who has called me. Is there anybody else? I see that hand, that's awesome. I see that hand at the back, amazing. God loves you, God honors you, that's so good. If I've seen your hand, you can put it down. I'll give you two more seconds. Awesome, well for everybody that raised their hand today, that is the best decision you could ever make. And we're all about to pray a prayer together. Awesome, I see that hand at the back. I'm gonna say these words, and I'd like for you to repeat after me, especially everybody that raised their hand. I want you to mean it. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I come to you now as a sinner in need of your grace. And I declare, I declare that you are the Lord and the Savior of my life. 
I turn from those old ways. I turn from those old ways. And I give it completely to you. Everything I have is yours, God. Everything I have is yours, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, church. Let's give a big round of applause to all our ladies for doing that. Come on, let's sing together. Thank you.